Amen. Go ahead and get in your Bible to Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. Everybody in here get your free book. It's from the church, not me. I'm handing them out. I'm, but I, I didn't pay for them. The church did that. I, I do, as the pastor, I have a burden to put good material in everybody's hands. And, um, I mean, the Bible is the only book that's 100% right. But there's some other books that are, that are helpful. And, and uh, both those books up there, I think, are, are helpful. And uh, does anybody else have your survey done that didn't turn it in that you have yours? Great. Um, if I don't get them by tonight, um, you won't be able to turn it in uh, anonymously anymore. I haven't opened any of them. Uh, I'll do that tomorrow. So please, if you could, uh, get me those either at the end of the service today or, or tonight. And uh, it just will be helpful as we go through, uh, go through the class. Uh, congratulations on being here. I'm uh, being interested uh, in your marriage. Uh, you know, God designed marriage, and so God has uh, answers. Uh, he designed something good to come out of it, but we'll never get what's good uh, as God designed marriage as long as we do marriage uh, our way. Um, most people recognize this as a uh, fly swatter. Right, it uh, works real good. Uh, this is magazine. Uh, can I swat fly? Could I roll this up and swat flies? Absolutely. But let me ask you a question: Which one's going to be better? Uh, this one's going to be better because it was designed to do that. And this one, yeah, you can swat some flies, but you know what? If you use it as a magazine and get information from it and you're using it like it was designed to be used, it's always better. And, and it's like that with our marriage. You know, marriage, everybody wants loyalty, everybody wants security, everybody wants love, everybody wants acceptance, everybody wants all the things that God designed to be in marriage, but unfortunately, most people, they want God's result from their recipe. And that's really all this class is about is learning God's recipe for a good marriage so that we can obtain what God wants to give each of us from our marriage. Uh, I can tell you this, the more over the years that my wife and I have been able to do these things that the scriptures teach ought to be in marriage, the better our marriage has become. And no one uh, is destined to fail or repeat the environment from which you come. You know, everybody, uh, by the grace of God, can uh, have something better. Our first week, we really spent our time talking about the most basic principle for marriage. Uh, does anybody remember those two key words? Nobody. Yeah, Max. Leave and cleave. If you don't leave your parents and you don't cleave to your spouse, you've already failed in the most basic recipe. It's not enough to leave your parents. It's not enough to cleave to your spouse. That combination is the most basic combination and formula for uh, marriage. And then last week, we talked about evaluating our expectations. Uh, remember, our expectations, uh, they have the power to cause us to either be happy or frustrated with the same thing. And so when we go into marriage with the right expectations and keep them, 
we will be happier with the same thing instead of having the wrong expectations. Before we uh, start answering questions that you all turned in, uh, we'll begin, like always, with those basic things we review uh, every week. Number one, nothing can be taken back that's been done to this point. Uh, what's done is done. Number two, all that you can hope to change is today and tomorrow. Uh, they can uh, change. Number three, if you're struggling, you didn't get where you are in a day, so you're not going to get out in a day or a week, but by the grace of God, you can get out. Number four, you can only control one person in this world. And so I ask in this class and in your home, uh, by the way, in life, uh, in every area of life, just Focus on that one person you can control. Uh, number five, there's always hope as long as God is involved. Uh, a lot of people uh, look back and they say, you know what, I'm married, but I really never did love them. Listen, God is love. Even if you never did love them, you can love them when God's involved. You may look at your situation and say, you know what, I don't love them anymore. Uh, if God is involved because God is love, you can love again. You may look at your situation, and as you've grown as a person, you might define and look at your relationship and say, you know what, I don't love them enough. Uh, you know what, because God is love, you can love them like you should when you get God um, involved. And number six, no one's assured to have a great marriage. If you were raised in a great home, uh, you can fail. Number seven, no one is destined to repeat the home in which you were raised. If it was bad, you can succeed. Number eight, the marriage you're in right now is the marriage you're supposed to be working on. Uh, number nine, the person to whom you're married now is the person to whom you're supposed to be married. Some questions uh, related to things we've discussed uh, during our first two weeks, I've got other questions uh, that I'm saving for later just because, uh, you know, they're related to a different subject. And then when I go through those surveys tomorrow, I'm sure I'll have a big bunch more plus with what you turn in today. Question number one, how can we talk about and solve problems if I can't expect communication for fear of feminizing my husband? Uh, last week, one of the things we talked about is the wrong expectation of expecting your husband to become another one of you. And so you really, you misunderstood what I said. You will not feminize your husband expecting him to communicate. Uh, you will feminize your husband if you expect him to communicate exactly like you do about his emotions and feelings and, and the situation. Now, listen, expect your husband to communicate as best as he is able to communicate. Don't expect him to communicate like you can. Remember, that's one of the most basic things to think about when we think about expectations. We always want our spouse to do things and feel and, uh, like we would, and that, that's an unrealistic uh, expectation. Question number two, how do I get my spouse to be more attentive to me when it's not in their character? I mean, why don't you just think about that question? Uh, first off, if it's not in their character, it's an unreasonable expectation to have them be more attentive. All right. Um, the most anybody can expect is for us to have our, ourselves, our partner, do as good as we're able to do, you know, at, at this time. Why, why do you expect something you know he's unable to do? 
Uh, if you want to help him, keep him around uh, men who are more mature. Keep him around men who are better uh, communicators. Here's the, here's the thing about attention, and I wish every guy in here would hear this. Uh, guys are, are attention hounds, uh, and, 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 and ladies are too, but guys probably are, are more needy, speaking generally. There is no one that will give you the attention you want but your dog. I'm, I'm dead serious. I mean, you can cage your dog up all day long, come home, and they're so glad to see you. You could have beat him yesterday and starved him this morning. And that dog will still be happy to see it. People aren't like that. And um, so just be careful what kind of attention you really think, uh, you know, you have coming. You know, by the way, uh, you'll get far better uh, results when you are positive with them, when they do get attentive, than you'll ever be doing things like saying, what's well, about time you paid a little attention to me. Uh, question number three, how do you ask your spouse why I'm the one who always kisses and tells them I love them first? Um, nearly every relationship, because of personalities, uh, there's almost always one person who sort of takes the lead in expressing those kinds of things. And, and so um, <laughs> just accept that. Now, I, do, I don't think it's wrong for someone to always be the person that takes that lead, though if you're that person, sometimes you kind of grow weary of needing to be that person. I do think it's wrong when someone expresses himself for you to not express that in return. Listen, the only words that may ever come out of your mouth are, I love you too, because you never are first. But, but at least express yourself. You know, expressing affection... You know, it's, it's really, it's always a choice. And, and never expect your spouse to be another one of you. Uh, question number four, is it appropriate to expect my spouse to spend less time with their family now that we're married? Yes, <laughs> that's a reasonable expectation. But it is not reasonable to expect them to abandon their family. Uh, that's not only unreasonable, that's an ungodly expectation. Uh, our relationship with our parents, other than in the most extreme circumstance, is supposed to be a lifetime thing. And, and I get it. Sometimes people are such jerkwads and such interfering people that, that, that you've got to kind of keep some distance. But, you, you know, um, yeah, it is reasonable for them to be with you. Listen, when you get married... Uh, as you heard me say the first week, the most important earthly relationship you have is your spouse. That's a reasonable expectation. And um, number six, how do I lower my expectations for my spouse? <laughs> how do you recognize having wrong expectations? Probably recognizing wrong expectation, I would start looking in the areas of life where you are either most privately frustrated or most publicly disagreeable. You know, start there if you're looking for wrong expectations. Look for the areas where, where you're most frustrated and, and evaluate those first. How, how do you lower your expectations for your spouse? Uh, start by just being honest. You know, what are your expectations? Are they reasonable? And one of the hardest things we do is just get honest. 
Remember, we don't confess our sins to God because God says, oh, wow, yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, we confess our sins to God because it's good for us to be honest with God, and it's good for us to be honest with ourselves about our sins. And so uh, look in the areas you're frustrated and be honest and face you know, whether your expectations are, are, are too high. Uh, by the way, it is almost always true that when you're younger, you expect things from a young husband or wife that it will take them time to build in their life. Uh, I have uh, said on multiple occasions in private uh, counseling relationship sessions, how old of a person do you want to be married to? You know, the, the fact of the matter is, is that if you want to be married to somebody that's close to your age, you're going to have to deal with their immaturities and they're going to have to deal with yours. Only time takes away immaturity. Question number seven, is there such a thing as spending too much time together? Uh, in my opinion, yes. Though I do not think that is really going to happen if you're trying to be a productive human being and a faithful Christian. Uh, if you're trying to be a productive human being and a faithful Christian, those are two demanding things. And so really you're going to have a lot more problems with we're not spending enough time together than you're going to have with we're spending too much time together. Uh, please hear me. I, though I believe your marriage, your spouse is the most important relationship you have, I really think it's healthy for everybody to have other relationships too. I, I think it's good that you do some things together, you do some things separately. I think it's good that you have some mutual friends and you have some friends that are just your friends. By the way, I think that makes you more interesting. And uh, you can disagree with that. And if you, if you want to, and I've seen this. I, when I was in college, I worked in a factory um, and third shift during the summer. And I was in the parts cleaning department. And so I either had the exciting job of putting dirty parts in a cleaning machine or the exciting job of being on the other side of the machine and taking out clean parts and stacking them and counting. That really is a mental challenge. But in the department, there was a husband and wife, and they refused to even work apart. They worked together. They took their breaks together. They took their lunch together. They um, Listen, uh, if I tried that, my wife would immediately get another job. Um, I'm better in small doses, to be honest. Um, but the thing of it is, is, it makes you a much more well-rounded and interesting person. I mean, please don't be so... Um, narrow-minded and singular-focused and so uh, envious and so lack of self-confidence that you, you, your spouse just can't do other things. And I, I'm not talking about they're hanging out with somebody who, who's of the opposite gender. No. But, but you know, yeah, you can be together too much. So um, those were the questions. Uh, you'll get a chance at the end of class to turn in some more, and then there's an opportunity at survey to turn some in. Um, and so as we continue, and we have 14 weeks uh, in here together, as we con consider our marriages, the next great place to start is to understand the role that God designed uh, for us in marriage. Uh, we always get a lot of questions about this. Uh, God designed marriage. He designed us 
And God designed roles in marriage for us to fulfill, and he designed roles in marriage that he wants to bless. Now, the husband-wife relationship, it is literally the most difficult and demanding of any relationship we have. By the way, what that also means is because it is a difficult and demanding relationship, that also means it has the most potential for good and for blessing and for help in our lives. Uh, But if you and I don't understand the uh, order God established in our home and marriage, we'll never begin to get to the place where we can even settle disagreements and differences in a good manner. Everybody has disagreements. Down the road, we're going to spend three weeks on fair fighting. Everybody has disagreements. Uh, how we handle it when we disagree is all the difference in the world and how peaceful our home is going to be. And though the marriage, uh, the Bible view of the role of husbands and wife are both difficult, God gave us 100% control over who we choose. In, in other words, God chose how husbands and wives should interact, and then he let us choose the person with whom we interact in that manner. Now, once we learn what God wants from us in our roles, then we also choose whether we will follow God's plan or not. But you and I don't get to choose God's plan. God picked roles. Um, and then God chooses what he blesses. I hope you understand. I mean, pretty much everything in life is, is like that. You can do things that God blesses. You can do things that God curses. Or you can do things in the middle where God really doesn't bless and he really doesn't curse. You follow what I'm saying? Uh, most people live in the middle. They're really, they're smart enough to, to not do things to each other and do things in their home that says, man, I, that God says, you know what, that behavior is so reprehensible. Man, I'm going to judge that. I'm going to curse that. But they also don't do these positive things in, in such a manner that God looks out and says, you know what, I really, I want to bless them because they're doing that. And that's a tough thing to do. Most people live here in the middle. But God designed us to be the most fulfilled when we follow his plan for the role he designed in the home. Now, I didn't design these myself. I'm just teaching you these things. I'll just be honest with you. I personally bend and buckle at times at the difficulty of my role. Uh, But every time I'm able to sincerely try to fulfill it, I'm glad. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5 is where we are. Ephesians chapter 5. I'll give you a couple minutes to get there in case you aren't there yet. Ephesians chapter 5. By the way, if I had my way, and I don't, I would want everybody who heard today's lesson to hear the next two weeks' lessons, because today we're basically just going to spend our time teaching these Bible principles, and then the next two weeks we're going to talk about uh, practical application uh, of these things. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. Ephesians 5, 21 says, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God, 
Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. That he might sanctify and cleanse it by the washing of water by the word. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. We'll stop there. Now, there are a lot of things we can learn from this section of Scripture if we're looking to learn from our Creator. See, the same God who knows how to save people and give them eternal life through Jesus Christ, He has a plan for the home, He has a plan for our marriages, and He is the author of home and marriage as well as the author of eternal life. Uh, this relationship, as I mentioned last Sunday morning in, a, in the church service, uh, husband-wife relationship, it is intended to picture the relationship between Christ and his church in verse 31 and 32. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and, and the church. The husband-wife relationship in verse 31 is a mystery. It's a previously unrevealed truth in the Old Testament. Uh, that link of a husband and a wife pictures the link between Christ and his church. You know, maybe the worst thing about a bad marriage is not the heartache it causes for a man and woman involved and the security and affection a bad marriage takes away from children. You know, maybe the worst thing about a bad marriage is it gives an inaccurate picture of the loving relationship between Jesus and his church. Maybe people don't respect the church as they ought to because they didn't see a father unconditionally love their mother to such a degree that he would live and die for her. Maybe church members don't submit themselves to Christ as they ought because they didn't see a mother submit herself to her own husband as she should have. Now, this particular section of Scripture, though, I think all of us, as we practically apply this in life, find this to be very difficult. It is also one of the most important practical truths in all of Scripture. But sadly, it is... Uh, by and large, in general, by Christian people, it's ignored or rejected. Uh, back when I was a, a youth uh, leader, I, I was privileged several times to uh, go to Corrine High School and teach in their world religion uh, class because students in there got to invite, uh, I got to go to Xavier one time and do that too. Uh, students got to invite 
uh, someone in to speak. And I, when I was there at Corn High School, I, I spoke on why be a Bible-believing Christian. The teacher was an atheist, and I did it on the fact that we have a superior book, and to all books, we have a superior Savior to all religious leaders who ever lived, and we have a superior plan uh, for eternal life by grace through faith in Jesus. And I, I finished that, and the, when I finished at Corinth High School, after I talked for about 30 minutes, uh, I asked for questions, and the teacher <laughs> raised her hand, and she just raised her hand, even though I didn't talk about it. She says, I just don't agree with wives submitting themselves to their own husbands. And so I said to her, I said, well, uh, you submit to the principal at the school as an employee, not because he's a superior to you, but because it's two equals who have both agreed to fulfill a role, right? And she said, right. But she was still angry. And uh, I guess she'd had a bad marriage. And, and, and by the way, you, you know, when you've been really mistreated in, in, in some of these situations, you, you know, sometimes we, we would understand people's anger a, a lot of times. And she just got a little more edgy, and she said it was just too hard and too unreasonable to do. And I just said, I said, you know what, if you had a husband that really tried to love you unconditionally, you might find out that it's not as bad as you think. And she didn't have anything more to say, and it was a good thing, because I didn't have anything more to answer. Um, but, but it's just a real simple thing. I mean, God designed a wonderful plan. And when two people sincerely, never perfectly, but sincerely try to follow this plan, it makes for a wonderful thing. God blesses doing things His way. And so I just want to make some observations about uh, submission uh, and leadership in the home. Here's number one. Mutual submission to each other is in some way a part of every home. Verse 21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. God leads into this subject like that. Though the husband is the leader at home, uh, there are ways he should be submitting himself to his wife. Uh, most relationships, I would really, I'd recommend, you have areas, and we'll talk about this more in, in the next couple of weeks, I would, have, I would recommend you have areas that are delegated to each other. And uh, I just submit to my wife in those areas. She decorates our home. I, she will say to me, what do you think of this? And I, eh, sounds fine. Uh, and you know what? A lot of times when I think, ooh, man, that's going to be, I don't know, pink door. Uh, it turns out all right. It, it really does. Uh, she does her grocery shopping. Now, uh, you know, uh, used to grate on my last raw nerve that she never used coupons. But she's not a coupon shopper. And I know some of you in here who are coupon hawks. You think to yourself, oh, she's not a coupon shopper. What a lot. Listen, you, you know what? I delegated that to her. Uh, it, it, it's hers. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I had an issue w with Delaney. Uh, we had, uh, she had her baby shower. Sharon was working, and I didn't think we had a card. And so I went up to Walgreens, and, um, you know, the baby cards, they were like three fifty, four bucks, five bucks. And I'm like, she's just going to take this and throw it away. All she wants is the check. And so I bought a 99-cent uh, congratulations on your graduation card. 
and I took a big <laughs> and I took a big black marker and I is this not accurate? And I took a big black marker and I corrected any of the words that were <laughs> for graduation as opposed to a baby and I gave it to her. Uh, I got home, told Sharon what I'd done, and she basically said, stay in your lane. <laughs> well, I guess that's true, but I didn't know. Yes, there you go. But mutual submission is in some way a part of every good husband and wife relationship. Here's number two. Why should submit themselves to their own husband? as unto Christ, and reverence him. Verse 22, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband, as unto the Lord. Notice, God is very careful to make sure this is not a man-woman thing. It's not women submit to men. I get that that was erroneously a part of American culture decades ago, but this is wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, as unto the Lord. That's a pretty tough saying. Verse 33, nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself. And the wife, see that she reverence her husband. That is an unconditional reverence. Uh, You could put in the word respect there. And uh, there's a kind of unconditional respect and unconditional reverence. A wife uh, should be giving her own husband. Listen, more than anything, man, a man is so constructed that he wants to be followed and looked up to by his own wife. Every man has something in him that says, you know what, I want my wife to admire me. That, that even in husbands who do not live admirably, it is something that, that, that's in a man, because uh, God designed this. And when a man doesn't get this from his wife, it makes it much easier for him to excuse seeking it elsewhere. Listen, more than anything, every husband, he needs to believe his own wife believes in him and looks up to him. And uh, every husband will be dissatisfied and lack a healthy self-confidence if his wife refuses to give this to him. This is an incredibly high standard for any wife because this behavior is not contingent on him loving you. It doesn't say in verse 22, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband if he loves you. You're not really, when it all breaks down, you're not doing it for him. You're doing it for Christ. And in every situation in life, someone must decide to be first and decide they're going to do whatever it is they do that's right for the Lord's sake, whether it's reciprocated or, or not. I wish, I wish I could get this principle into every heart. That someone always, it doesn't matter whether it's a workplace, it uh, doesn't matter whether it's in a relationship, doesn't matter if it's in your marriage, someone has to decide, I'm going to do what God says is right in this situation, even if no one else responds. Listen, ladies, you picked him, and you have the power to break him as a man by how you handle this. You can't make him succeed. He's got to do that. But you can break him by taking this from him. 
Uh, there's a reason. If you take notes, right? Proverbs 31, 23. It says, her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. There's a reason that this wise and virtuous woman, husband, had been successful. Uh, his wife had propped him up. Uh, listen, I will tell you today, I am a better man and have gone farther in life because of my wife. She's just a sweet, gentle, quiet soul. Uh, and, and quite frankly, it doesn't matter whether you think she's a good wife or not. She's a great wife to me. This is not an inferior submitting to a superior. It is one equal choosing to submit to another equal to fulfill a role assigned by God. It's a high standard. But it's not as high as what God expects from the husband as the leader of the home. By the way, each wife is a picture of a group of sinful sinners following a perfect Savior. Remember, that's the picture in the marriage. And though every wife fails at times to do this, uh, I hope that's a sincere desire of your heart. It's not easy. Listen, I, I've sat in a lot of situations where a husband's leadership is not only just okay, it's bad. And we'll talk about that in the next few weeks. But um, that's the role assigned. Uh, husbands, here's number three. Husbands should love your wife as Christ loved the church. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wife even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Notice that word, your wives. This has nothing to do with what you uh, have to think about other women or other wives. This is your wife. You are to love her like Christ also loved the church. Notice, there are no conditions. It's not love her if she submits, love her if she does this, love her if she doesn't do that. In fact, as much as we may not like it, uh, God always expects more from leaders than followers. Though when he instructs both, he begins by instructing the follower, then the leader. God always instructs both. And the instruction for a husband is to love your wife like Christ loved the church. There will be times when your wife doesn't deserve unconditional love. You are to love her for Christ's sake. More than anything, a woman is so constructed that she wants to be loved and made to feel special, honored by her own husband. And by the way, if you think that that is fulfilled because uh, it is an intimate time, you are all messed up because your wife needs affection and approval and all that at non-intimate times. More than anything, a wife needs to believe her own husband loves her and that she's more special than any woman on earth to him. And a wife will always lack healthy self-confidence if her husband refuses to sincerely try to unconditionally love her. By the way, you can probably make that general observation that most women struggle to have healthy self-confidence anyway. But when uh, her husband does not try to unconditionally love her, it just makes it worse. Uh, it's an incredibly high standard. <laughs> The picture is a perfect Savior, a loving, uh, imperfect sinners in His church. But somebody has to decide to go first. Somebody must decide that whether your spouse responds like they're supposed to respond or whether they fill their role or not, somebody must decide for Christ's sake, 
I'm going to do this. I'm going to do what's right. And again, I wish I could get this principle into every heart because our human nature and our society always causes us to excuse what we do or don't do because of what other people do or don't do. Whereas when Christ looks at our life, He looks at it like, listen, you do what you do for my sake and I'll take care of all that other business. It's not a superior loving an inferior. It's one equal choosing to love another equal to fulfill a role assigned by God. (laughs) Security, love, acceptance. God intended those to be in a home and in a marriage, and when you and I fulfill our roles, we will have that blessing. Nobody perfectly does these. All of us, as time goes on, have to mature to do them better. But there's a big difference in someone who sincerely tries to do this and fail and someone who just says, yeah, I'm not even going to bother. I don't like that stuff. Listen, your wife will never be the follower she's capable of being without you loving her and making her feel special. And your children will never respect their mother like they should without seeing a father treating their mother like this. What a great picture. Remember, what you do depends on you, not your spouse, because it always begins with one person deciding to do it. Next week, actually the next two weeks, we're going to talk about practical aspects of applying these roles to decision-making, two situations. What What if the wife is a strong personality and the husband is laid back? What if my spouse decides to refuse to fulfill their role? What, what if I do, if I, I've failed in this? For, we'll, we'll talk about all that stuff. Everybody should have uh, one of those pink, uh, if you didn't get one of those little pink cards to turn in an anonymous question, please write something on it. I don't care if it's a smiley face. I don't care if it's uh, some snide remark. Uh, I always actually love uh, snide remarks. I have a little bit of a, uh, a sarcastic sense of humor anyway. And, and so, whatever, just write some question and uh, we will uh, begin again next week. Uh, if you did not get your free book yet, uh, see me, they're up there. Uh, does anybody else have their surveys done and ready to turn in? Okay. Thank you. Anybody else? Uh, you can still turn them in at the end of service today. I'm not going to, I haven't looked at any of them yet, uh, but I will do that tomorrow so that I can start bringing some of that information into our lessons as, as appropriate. But just fill out um, some kind of a thing, fold it in half, and stick it up here by the fly swatter, and uh, that would be a wonderful thing. Great to have you in class today. God bless you. You're dismissed. Hey, Claire, how are you? Good to see you today. Where's Jackson today? He takes lessons. Oh, okay. Did from the second show? No, the first one.